On this episode, we're going to be talking about how Death Wish Coffee learned how to serve better newsletters. Do stay tuned. Well, well, welcome to 2X e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kenei, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me, and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they can do this, but will never deliver on their promises. You need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. That is why 10,000 innovative brands have switched to Clavio. What's the secret to building customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going year round. Just head over to clavio.com forward slash beyond BF for more. That's clavio.com forward slash beyond BF.com. Hello, this is the first interview I had um, at Clavio BOS um, or Clavio Boston, and um, it was with Will Critcher, who's the head of direct marketing at um, Death Wish Coffee. And essentially what he was talking about in this interview was how Death Wish Coffee learned how to serve, um, you know, better newsletters. Just for some context, Death Wish Coffee, um, they're an eight-figure business, and um, they have grown um, very, very, very significantly. They won um, a competition to feature in the Super Bowl um, a few years ago, and that just blew their business up completely. And essentially in this episode, um, um, Will is essentially talking about um, the essence of running um like um newsletters that are non-commercial so just um quite magazine-like conversational um newsletters and what they do at dash with death um, wish coffee is on monday morning um quite metaphorically really um you know um start of the week they do send um a very very thematic um you know newsletter to their subscribers and the effect of that essentially has um um, improve their transactional emails they send and they have a very very nice structure as to what they send when so it's, it's very very interesting um, so yeah listen in um, and enjoy this episode
Hi guys, we are in Clearview, Boston, um, 2019. It's been an amazing, amazing um, you know, event so far. Um, and one of the presentations that really, really got me fired up in the morning was um, by Will. Will Kretcher is, um, he works for Death Wish Coffee. If you haven't heard about it, he's the head of direct marketing. Um, a few years ago, I heard about Death Wish, Death Wish Coffee, sorry. I need coffee now. And um, I heard about the super interesting um, feature on um, Super Bowl and what it did to their business. And um, it's, it's always been in my mind ever since. Um, I'm not going to babble too much. I just want to introduce Will. Will, mm -hmm. thank you for, for turning up to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be at the event You're, and the conference as a whole and the podcast, definitely. Fantastic. You're, you're making history. Um, we've never done a live. Um, neither have we done... Um, yeah, we've never done a live at an event. So yeah. everything's been like offline. Um, well... Well, over Skype and stuff like that. Yeah, Zoom. yeah. Um, so it's amazing. It's okay. awesome to get the opportunity to have it in person. Exactly, it it in-person experience. Okay, so let's um, talk about what you you you, you discussed, which is um, how um, you guys send you know better newsletters. Mm -hmm. um, where do we start from? Should we talk about newsletters? What's your take yeah. on newsletters versus flows? Uh, I think they're, they're certainly different. I think you can uh, apply a newsletter to a flow if that's if that makes sense. I think um, you know we're not so much in the the long form storytelling. You know where we're you know narrating this long huge piece. We do have a comic book actually, so I guess it would apply there. But nice. I think um, you know our messaging as a whole is just is very personal. Like, you know, we try to personify our brand. We have a we have a very cynical tone. You know we're assertive and opinionated. So you know we try to replicate. Or we don't try. We effectively replicate that throughout. Uh, any platform where our brand has a voice and so with um with flows you know we certainly try to look at that as more of a, a revenue generator we don't really look at too much as uh, mm. how to nurture those leads i know that's an area we should be you know applying more time to mm. um because we focus so much on on how our newsletter is delivered uh, in the scoop which is again separate from our sales okay let's talk about the three segments from what i gathered in your talk um, there's the newsletters, there's mm -hmm. a sales letter, and obviously there's the flows, which we're mm -hmm. not going to really talk about now. Now let's talk about how does do your, 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 your newsletters differ from um, your sales mm -hmm. and how often, what's the frequency of, of, of both? Sure. Uh, so the best way to do is uh, when we originally were doing uh, our cadence for emails typically was every Thursday and that our sales email. So we, you know, if we had a new product releasing or uh, whether that's merch or coffee or a discount, how we would break that, we would compile all of our um, our content. So both the written content, which we knew was how we take the highest performing content based upon stuff that we'd already produced through social. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. So we would stack it. So our, our product that was for sale would be at the top, like above the fold in the email. Beneath that, we would do a split column, usually two blocks of high-performing content or something that was relevant to the product. And then beneath that was our podcast because we have a weekly podcast. So um, that's essentially the, the best way to kind of describe the context of what it was. And so we would send emails that would be very similar to the sense of like if we came out with a crew neck sweater and then, you know, let's say a, a month later we came out with a hoodie. And removing the fact that time is different and, you know, like different months, so on and so forth, we couldn't really discern like how two very similar emails would have, you know, 30, 40, 60% difference in, in revenue. Mm. And so looking at that, like, you know, what is the, you know, what's the, the secret sauce? What's that ingredient to figure out, like, you know, if we get this amount of orders and we get, you know, this amount of opens and we have it sell it at this price, that might work. And so what I did was um, took 
all of the information. I think I went through about 40 different campaigns. And I oh, threw wow. it through MailChimp and um, I pulled, exported all the data. So I broke it into three pieces. So it was MP, so the main product, which is our deal. 2P, which would be the, um, the the blogs, and then Pod for podcasts. And so I took all of the emails that we sent out and broke them into those categories, and then attributed. Okay, so how many clicks came into you know mm. MP? 2P and so on and so forth. And then I started titling out the blogs too. And so what I realized is that there was no, there was no like green bar that went all the way through to the path of success. So mm. understanding that it's like, okay, if there's no secret, there's no secret sauce, then I think that what, what is that, that deciding factor that really makes, that's going to help, you know, make people convert or help, you know, increase revenue. So trying to come up with a way to a, explain that better, you know, but also find out what the solution was, was, was pretty challenging. And so mm-hmm. I read a thing, a study a, a few years back about this um, psychologist named Kurt Lewin in the 40s, where he had this really great thought regarding how to change human behavior. So there's two, there's two ways you do that. You, you can apply pressure or you can remove obstacles. Mm-hmm. And so applying pressure means, you know, incentive, threats, and arguments. And so, you know, I love that. so incentive is obviously deals, you know, threats are like, you know, buy now before it sells out. And then the argument is like, why like, you know, you should do this because of the so on, like, you know, supporting arguments, or you can, you know, ask a very different question. And, and that's, you know, like, why aren't they doing the thing that I want them to do and, and what's preventing them. And so if you look at it in that capacity, like, okay, so if, if we decide that a successful email is, is determined based upon revenue, then anything that's not contributing to that specifically, let's remove it. And we know that we have high performing content. We know that our, our customers, our audience across any platform loves what we have to say. So let's, you know, pull that aside and, and figure out how we're going to use that in a newsletter, but then focus specifically on the email. Like just again, the, a perfect example of this is go browse anything on Amazon, wait a day and you'll get an email. All it says is Amazon, buy one product. And it's yeah. like, I, yeah, it's like in a buy button. It's super, super simple. Yeah. Perfect example of removing obstacles. So obviously we don't want our, our emails look like Amazon. We have a lot of we have super creative teams. So we like want to put more thought into how we can display that. So, by removing the content, uh, after we ran ten sales emails of similar products that compared the same um, the same information across, so the click share of um, of the main product and the click share is just like out of all of let's say a thousand clicks that took place in the email, seventy six percent of it was going to the main product, um, about eighteen to twenty five percent or eighteen percent was going to the um, the two P so the blogs and then the remainder was you know social icons and the podcast. The podcast wasn't getting any share of voice because obviously the bottom it was getting no clicks it was like it's doing no good for us or the customer okay well let's let's talk about click <laughs> share yeah yeah from my understanding of what you just said it means categorizing content in your newsletters and please correct me if i'm wrong and then kind of figuring out um what category of um content or clicks in the sections mm-hmm. um belong to well take take the proportion or percentage value in the whole it gives you a deeper picture of clicks what's happening it's not just clicks you're looking at where you're, yeah. you're, you're checking what kind of clicks is yeah. that is that it exactly exactly okay. so why yeah exactly if if, if if how we make revenue is by them clicking the thing to go purchase the thing, anything that's interfering with that. So like removing all of that content. So if the, the distribution of clicks was... So it's a segmentation of clicks. Yeah. So we just take the total clicks and divide it. I divide it by the three P, the three blocks. So the okay. main product, the 2P, the and two then P's the podcast. And the, and the podcast. And, yep. and then it, it, it brings another layer 
of analysis, I guess, which could be, let's say you had really viral content, blog content, and that just takes like 70%, but it doesn't lead to any sales. How mm. do you further, you know, sort of just determine your ROI or do you just put that as brand equity? Right, yeah, exactly. And so that was another thing too, is like, if, you know, if, let's say the, the sales email is is not where we, th- the, the sales generated from that email wasn't where we thought it would be, but we're like, we had, you know, 2,500 clicks on this blog, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. do we, is that good? Like, no, you know, it's like, you want to say yes, but no, because like the, the, the point of the email is to generate revenue. And so, but that kind of information, clearly shows not that you know it provides more uh, uh belief that we know that the content performs really well so now we sense. like so that doesn't mean we get rid of it it means we find a different way to deliver it okay and um, yeah so when we executed the new sales emails after you know removing all of it so it was just you know again a, a, a gif or an image and then a shop now with a very little bit of text the the mp click share so the main product click share obviously it went up 23 percent. there's the rest of them are you know icons and we're like social, distractions yeah. yeah our total clicks decreased by six percent but that was irrelevant because then our orders went up by 65% per and this isn't just like one email this is a this is across the board average 65% increase in orders and our revenue per email went up almost 40% so we've now like we've effectively found like so I, I think you know they're like the number one metric in email is click share like you can we can talk about open rate but at the end of the day you could have 100% open rate so, so it starts by segmenting content you know pieces in your in your in, in your emails mm-hmm. is, is that is that the starting point yeah yeah so the sales yeah. email is exactly that and plus okay. the people who then receive that email know what they're getting they know that they're not gonna like they're not maybe again maybe they don't want to open it because we have too much content right mm-hmm. so they know on thursday they're gonna get that product and that's exactly what it is so now we have all this extra content and we uh, the, the, that section in the email the 2p was is already called the scoop so we created a, a monthly or a weekly email newsletter on mondays called the scoop but because we extracted that and we stop like gauging what goes in it based upon high performing content we have a, a two hour meeting a month where we go through any uh, half of one hour is dedicated to discussion the second half is dedicated to a decision and so are these pipe is a content piped in from your blog uh, from a, an overarching content marketing strategy um, where does the content go? Does it sit in, in, on the email permanently or does it click through to your blog and other properties you have? Yeah, so uh, a little bit of both. Um, you know, we, we're certainly working towards having content that is specific and can only be found in the email because obviously that creates an extra value in that. Mm. Um, you know, as, the, as a whole though, we, uh, there's nothing ever, we've never, there's never been a link or even advertisement specifically for a product in the scoop you can never there's nothing that you can click in that email that okay. would take you to a product page mm. or a product detail page we we direct traffic to customers like well, we had a customer who created a um, she owns a bakery and she made, submitted a photo of these cookies and she uh, on the top of the icing of it it was it was memes it was really oh. funny it was like our memes so we put her on the like the top of our email and then sent the email out and then she reached out and was like you're gonna put me out of business you know I've got like 1700 people like just hit my website it's massive value yeah and, yeah. It's, and it's great yeah. because she you know she clearly sees value of it and it's very we're very clear on that Monday that you're not gonna be sold anything we're just gonna talk about things that we want to talk about and so that's, I think, the big part too. Is that we're, as a brand, as any brand, you have to talk about you have to talk about two things: your product and your brand, right? But there's levels underneath that. And the customer, they want to talk about their interests and their values. So their interests are broken out into, you know, escapism, coffee, memes, music. Their values are political or social or um, 
you know, charities, passions. Like, so how can we like check those boxes while talking about our product and our brand? Mm. So, you know, we don't talk about our cold brew or our pumpkin, yeah. co- you know, yeah. uh, we actually, uh, we did a survey and the, at the, the first scoop of every month, we send up what's coming out this month. But again, right. even that itself, you can't click it or you can't buy it because none of it's for sale. Mm. And so they know that they're not going to be sold anything in those emails. And so, um, the open, we have a hundred thousand of God. You're essentially creating a... I'm sorry, I can go on tangents sometimes too, no, so I can no, essentially I no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Everybody <laughs> wants to hear that. You're essentially creating an, an editorial. You're, you're, a, you're, you're like Hockberry, you know, in, in a way. But, you know, Hockberry obviously put a lot of commercial stuff in there, but they tell a lot of stories. Um, mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, I, the, I mean, we, we, have, we have so many... You know, Everybody knows this. Like email isn't exclusive to written, you know. So we have a weekly podcast. We do a lot of Facebook Live. Um, we we actually from one of these meetings, uh, we ended up creating because uh, National Best Friend Day was coming up, okay. and we're like, what if we spent our like, what if your best friend was coffee? So we went and got a, suit, a coffee suit from a costume from Amazon. And Jeff um, is a is our uh, broadcasting manager. He does all of our podcasts and our shows. He dressed up in it, and we just had we put on a GoPro and like shot this thing in a day where it was just like playing catch and like cloud watching, and it was super fun. Stuff and so we put that in the scoop and it just directed to YouTube and and that's it. Like there's there's nothing beyond that because that provides that escapism. And so, so, so do you see email as um, the hub, more or less, um, for all of your content? You know where people gravitate towards and you serve. You know you can funnel them. That I know there are no links to mm. to other properties or hardly ever hardly any links in, in the scoop. But is is that where people congregate the most? Your your list and, and your your customers. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if we fully know that yet. I think because the scoop is only 12 issues deep, you know, mm. so it's it's still pretty... I mean, a lot of our content, I mean, we, our content manager, Shannon, can, I mean, she can create a blog and, and be like, this is going to go viral. Like, she's, like she's, she knows it, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of that audience does sit on social. And so because the scoop, as it, by its isolated self, is still so new, like, we don't have a lot... I'd like to think that that will transition from social, okay. especially just with Facebook kind of doing that decline more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, but we put a lot of we value the email address and email as a whole be obviously because we put up a content 100 content based email and a sales like that's certainly the most important thing to our company and so i think overall if we can push some of that in that direction i think like we'd be you know exercise or you know utilizing our number one commodity but we definitely don't want to say like it's email or nothing because that's i caught you short when you talked about um the size of your 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 email database and how many you actually send it so let's talk about the the actual size mm-hmm. and how you determine segments to to email. Yeah, so uh, the, 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 the so the actual size of our subscribers is around five hundred seventy thousand. Yeah, so yeah, we, we work really hard for that too. And again, I think it shows how much we value that. Exactly. You know, um, so the the scoop currently uh, the way that that worked out is we sent out a scoop email um, to to the to engage list and anybody who opened and clicked it we then put them into a list called scoop readers and then now how we have it is when people sign up on our anywhere on our site and our pop-ups they then get a confirmation email saying do you want the scoop do you want this do you want this and then obviously if they become unengaged we cycle them out pretty quickly uh, but so currently after 12 issues we have 104,000 subscribers to not that. too bad no um, no it's not so it's 20 percent 22 percent 20, yeah correct wow. uh, we so with that that newsletter si- or with that um, audience size we have a, a Again, a weekly newsletter. We're not selling them anything. We have a 45% open rate um, with a 3.5% click-through. 
Um, and that email, again, does not sell anything, anything. and is responsible for 30% of our monthly campaign revenue. And that conversion window is only one day. So it's not, there's probably some crossover. I'm sure some people are, you know, it's the scoop is getting attribution for something it didn't totally do, but it's very, very minimal. It's full circle, really, yeah. when you think about it. You know? yeah, and, yeah, exactly. We, we have a really nifty thing that we do with the scoop because uh, referral links work really well. Like with the Hustle newsletter, it's like, you know, refer five friends, get some stickers. And you know, it, it's, a, it's great. It works. And I think that we're certainly going to probably look into something like that um, but so we wanted again to kind of in improve the user experience and look outside of the box so we came up with the easter egg idea and so what we do is we take um, a button uh, or i'm sorry it's a, a string of text it's usually like the word egg and we make it transparent and just place it somewhere in the email and then we we don't acknowledge it we've never said anything about this or told anyone and so mm -hmm. what it is is when if somebody finds it out of luck it takes them to a, a hidden page on our site a landing page on our site and says hey if you're one of the first five people that found this thing um, we're going to be in contact with you tomorrow and what we do is we then reach out to them confirm the email address we are their their physical address and what we do is we take what because our customers love collectible stuff they love the exclusivity of the brand they're proud to be you know death wish customers because it's like like it's like i'm proud to be your friend and that's yeah. what we really try to focus on so what we do is we send them you know things that we're maybe hesitant to come to market with or we're trying to figure out so we send them a one of a one you know so a if they get that product and then ideally they're going to Let's actually let's remove that. Let's say that they don't they don't win anything. They're like number six. The goal is that if they share the fact, like like, exactly. like hey, I just found this hidden. It's an email egg hunt. Yeah, exactly. essentially, exactly. And there's that surprise which would trigger me to want to share it on Twitter or whatever you know social media platform I'm most active in. Mm -hmm. So do you do you track that or do, do you yeah. give them hashtags to or do they just tag you? I guess they'll tag so, you a lot. Yeah, so we we, we don't copy. encourage them to track or to, to we don't give them anything because we are trying to gauge if it's a it's a, if it's an effective idea if it's a mm -hmm. good idea. So um, but we can obviously like I know who clicked it and we know who you know with our community page is about I, I feel like it's like five or seven thousand people. So but a lot of people in there don't always receive the scoop and so the whole the hope is that they will share it and then all these other people will you know join on to it ideally somebody will share it outside of that community however i don't know if that to me that doesn't make a lot of sense that somebody would just share it to, to general but the point is that if people don't um let's say that they like our coffee but they think our content sucks but they're like oh hey there's this cool game you can play which is kind of fun right so everybody likes the game it's not a contest like it's not a new contest entry it's it's someone who's going to open the email they're going to zoom in and out they're going to look at every little piece of the content looking for that button or that thing and even if they aren't reading the content eventually they're gonna they're it's gonna kind of it's subliminal like it'll start to go so then they'll ideally then maybe they'll like it right and then so obviously we have some some bigger ideas on how to go with that but if they do win and we send them that product and then they share that that one of a one cooler and then they share it and all of a sudden or you know they're like hey i got this cooler because i won this thing on the easter egg so then people are going to say whoa whoa this easter egg thing is pretty awesome mm -hmm. and then let's say it gets 150 likes because we'll tell them like in when they receive it like hey you know like this is a one of one. The reason why we haven't come out with this is because the cost to you guys is going to maybe be like, maybe it'll be 75 bucks and we don't know if that's going to work. Mm. And so like, we just kind of let them know that this is the case. And so if they share it and then it gets a ton of likes and we're like, oh, okay, like, you know, maybe yeah. we move forward with it and, and maybe we don't, but yeah. at least it's that way we're not losing anything. Exactly. You know what I mean? And we're able to like, just make the whole thing better for them and just yeah. let them have fun with it. Makes so. sense. Makes sense. That's awesome. Um, right. Um, so for our listeners, um, two questions I, I would think um, would be right at the top of their head. Um, one would be um, email growth strategies for newsletters specifically. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess the second question is um, at what stage of a list would you recommend people start taking um, 
start separating um, you know, content experience from a transaction experience in email? Do they do it from the get-go or mm. do you need some some volume um, you know, um, subscriber yeah. wise? I think it's it's certainly probably different for, for every business depending upon where you are. I could see if, if, if you're a new business, you've got your capital, you've got your product and your list is there, and then you're like, hey, I need to take, you know, these two people and have them spend, you know, X amount of hours a week just creating content and an email that's going to sell. Like if we went with the strategy, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to understand. I think, or a hard thing to, to, to agree with, especially if you don't have the list, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And you don't have the brand equity that we do. But I think clearly if you, if you're able to develop that equity, so that list is a larger, I think there, it's very clear. I think like we show, like it it absolutely works. Like it absolutely works. So I think at least setting those, you know, setting those segments up, even if you're adding one person a week to it, you know, like at least get that in the head, you know, yeah. maybe it's a 12 month plan, you know, like yeah. that's fine. But I think segmenting the selling side of things, it's- which connects to my first question. Um, what are your um, tips for rapidly growing an email list? You guys are f- almost 600,000, 570,000, mm-hmm. um, you know, brands are listening to or watching this now um that rapidly want to grow that should be a metric they should be you know tracking on a on a monthly mm-hmm. weekly monthly basis mm-hmm. you know what besides the usual pop-ups and yeah. the website how would you suggest you know i think i think the, honestly the best way for me to answer that question is to maybe um maybe disagree just a little bit like mm-hmm. i certainly uh, you want to see your list grow and yeah. you know and i think the usual suspects will help you with the pop-ups and you know any sort of social thing that you can create new new signups in that manner um use the easter egg idea and see you know i mean like we're still working with it you know the referral links in the email when you get people to sign up try Mm -hmm. to get me more people again quality leads not just contest leads Mm -hmm. um but i think uh Maybe as opposed to focusing so much in the early stages, I think the usual suspects will do what they, you know, will do that thing for you. But at the end of the day, I think the use that as kind of like as a compass, like as long as it's going in the right direction and you're good. The GPS is the active subscribers mm-hmm. because those are the people that are making your money. Those are the people that are reading your content. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I focus way more on active subscriber growth, even if if we, you know, grow at like a new subscriber a day, which is we do a lot more than that. But even if it was a day and we grew by 50 active subscribers, you know, like people just became more and more and more active. To me, that's like that's, we're doing that's an something amazing, right. That's an amazing point because a, a lot of, you know, a lot of us just look at emails, but, you know, um, Clavio and other email platforms will provide active subscribers. And if you just have that on your dashboard. That's so helpful. Yeah, it's so, so it's helpful. helpful. Yeah. When, when, we, when we signed on with Clavio, we were going through a bit of a... a handful of transitions with uh, a with MailChimp and Shopify having their divorce um, and then we used a company I'm not going to use the name now but uh, when we went into that we just had to kind of walk away from them and so uh, our onboarding specialist Paul and just like he went through a, I think we had like two meetings and I'm, Thomas the art director we were just sitting there we like I I honestly like it was like my birthday for two days like it was just like, when we got the whole tour run through it was like blown away because a the flexibility and what we can do on the creative side and the, the dashboard is just like like I look at you know some of the the, the vendors we use for for Amazon and things like that. I'm like, you guys need to look at what Clavio's doing. You know, it's like <laughs> like figure out how to do that because they do an amazing job. Yeah, I mean, you know, ears and eyes on your you know your e-commerce website, especially if you're on Shopify. Well, yeah, I don't I don't platform. even use Shopify. Yeah. I mean, we, we certainly look at Shopify, yeah. but it's like I mean, I I don't even I used to log into Shopify, but now I get I mean, for me specifically, it's like I'm able to get everything I need. Everything, from it. everything. it just draws every single. It's it's ads. it's unf- I'm telling you right now, it's unfair to any other ESP if you are against 
Mailchimp, or I'm sorry, against Clavio. It's unfair. Like you, like there's no <laughs> Clavio is miles ahead of anybody else. Miles ahead. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okie dokie. Um, so we'll wrap up um, by um, by guests talking about um, how keeping customers engaged. You know, going forward. Um, you know, psychologically. You know, what layers? What what do you need to layer in? Mm-hmm. To, to keep an engaged tribe um, is, you know, what, what's your philosophy on, on that? Because it's quite an open-ended question, I guess. Yeah, so I think, you know, because we've done such a great job personifying our brand, you know, we certainly want to maintain that. And I don't think that there's ever even been a discussion that that wouldn't be the case. So, um, just going back to the scoop again, you know, I hate to kind of keep plugging it, but no it's, worries, you know, no worries, it works no for us. It's a, you know, we take the time to create, you know, content that's very that, that would come from us you know i think in the presentation i included a gif that we that we actually use in our email and it was a it's a it's an animated gif of richard simmons but we put gene simmons from kiss's face on top of him <laughs> and he's like moving around and then we just wrote a blog about what Richard Gene Simmons is actually Richard Simmons after drinking Death Wish coffee. It's like it has nothing to do with anything, but it, it, it would come from us, you know. So I think being, you know, being on brand, you know, but also like clearly not being afraid to take take a risk and like you gotta let you gotta let it breathe a little bit, you know, because if you don't, then you're gonna get into that situation where the customers that you have are just gonna, you know, they're either gonna become older, they're gonna cycle out, yeah. and then you know, it's like you've got to get wide with you gotta let it breathe and be flexible and understand like like everybody has like everybody says things that are not funny everybody thinks, says things that aren't smart so like our brand if we're personified then then we we have to be okay with saying something that might not be funny and it yeah, might not catch. I mean, take that risk yeah, yeah but and again like uh, luckily i mean we we do somehow we don't do that often you know but it's i think it speaks volumes to the team that we have it's just like i've again i've worked in advertising and marketing for 10 years i've owned my own agency i've never in my life been never worked with such like I've, i like when i got to work with them it was like kind of like the clay with things like oh my god i can't believe <laughs> Hang out with these people, and they're they're so creative and so smart, and it's just it's such a such an awesome, great company to work for. Well, thank you so so much. Thank you. Thank You're you. from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got this Gary V. Phil. <laughs> I, I plugged the Gary like, V. thing in there too, and nobody nobody got the joke, unfortunately. So when we won the Super Bowl, um, you know, because Gary V.'s big yes. thing is like if you get the you know if you could put it in your well, money, so Gary like, v. I, I, put it in the Super Bowl, you know, yeah. put it in a Super Bowl commercial, and I was like, I was like, I can't confirm that because we didn't pay for it because like making a joke, you know, I was like, obviously, oh God, obviously that. it works, but like nobody laughed like oh that one missed, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely I, I subscribed to Gary V. I followed him like quite a bit. Like I um, actually in my LinkedIn, he liked a comment that I left on somebody else's post and I was like alright oh, you know I, mean? yeah, I feel good about myself yeah, yeah. accolade yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's killer man like he's just there's nothing like he's got such a great attitude towards things I think that and just the accountability is is second to none yeah. I think that's it's, such an amazing trait for people and that's why our team has that you yeah. know it's just like we're just like look I'm not good at this or I can't do this or I can do this or I mess this up we like we just we all expect you know again same with our brand like you know yeah. we just understand that we're not perfect but we're yeah. We're, you know, we do value a metric and that metric being number one, but it's yep. not because of like the dollar and the ego. It's because that we believe so much in our product that we want everyone to try it. And so yep. if we want everyone to have our coffee, then we have to go for that one. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So you sound like a, it sounds like a very um, highly, well, very highly, a highly emotionally intelligent, you know, um, environment, both mm-hmm. in team and to your customers, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just starts to, to come in. Thanks, Will. I appreciate Jeff. it, man. Appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you so much. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week 
and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2XEcommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.